Hi guys, I'm Mitch Stocker and welcome to Life in the Peloton. Welcome to Talking Luft. This is episode two of the new mini-series where I've got a short episodes where I get to know a little bit more about my guests on the podcast, talking a little bit about cycling style, about cycling culture, and a little bit more about the individual themselves. Last week on the cycling podcast, I chatted with my coach, Kevin Poulton, about indoor training and how to get the most out of it. If you haven't already heard that, go back and check it out. There's some really good tips there about how to master Zwift, the indoor training program. We talk about the best way to train, get the most out of training. It's a really good episode. And for the time being, I think a lot of us are indoors training. So I think it's a very appropriate episode for right now. And I talk ultimate Luft and what that all means with Lionel. That's all over on the cycling podcast. So go check that out. Now to today, talking Luft, I've got Kev on again, where I'm going to ask him the same questions I asked Luke Derbidge last week about style, about favorite drinks, about training routes, and get some insights to what it's like for him training pros out on the road and just what his day-to-day sort of life is like as a, as a coach and, you know, as a Swift master. So sit back and enjoy this one. Just a little snippet into Kev Poulton. Cheers. jump straight into it kev welcome okay, i'm nervous thank you <laughs> so cycling caps they're caskets as you know them how do you wear your yeah. where do you wear your hat is do you wear it you know forward do you wear it backwards do you wear it brim up brim down how do you wear oh, it okay i like this I like this question okay uh Years ago when we had the sausage helmets, that's when I first started racing. Oh, wow. The, cool, the coolest way to wear it <laughs> yeah. was backwards with the, the peak flicked up. That was the best way to wear it. And I, I wore it that way for a while because that's how Andy Hampton wore it back in the day. With so, a sausage helmet was, on top? No, nah, sausage helmet and the cap was over the sausage helmet. Over? And the, and the peak, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the way to wear it. But in the, in the modern era with helmets, um, obviously at the front with the peak flicked up. Nice. What about then? This is almost, you've almost answered this question. If you could race in the era of no helmets, which it sounds like you did, what would you, what would it have been? Would it have been a headband? Would it have been a sausage helmet? Would it have been just hair? Or would it have been a cap, a backwards cap? Yeah, I, just the cap. That's the classic cap. Like I said, I was, I started just when helmets first came in. Uh, and before that, we had the sausage helmets. Um, so you had, to, you had to race with a sausage helmet, but you could train without a helmet. And it was always a cap, yeah, facing forwards, flicked up. Flicked up. Nice. Flicked up, yeah. All right. Next question. What's your favourite race? Either the race you've been in or your favourite race to watch or whatever. Just your favourite race. Easily Roubaix. Um, and if I can explain why, it's because I guess – Personally, I've experienced success there as a coach, but it's not about me. It's about the athletes. And I've, I see the athletes there and it's the race that it breaks, breaks men. Um, yeah, like to be there 
and riders put their entire season on that race and it doesn't go to plan and they cross the line and, and, they're, and they're just completely broken. But also to see someone like Matt Heyman win it. So to see the extremes of that race and it's a race that is raced right from, as you know, right from the start, from kilometre one. Mm. It's just on all day. Um, yeah, Rubai, it's just got so many emotions to it for everyone. It's, it's a fantastic race. Nice. Oh, and, and actually, sorry, a bit more. Um, Rubai actually got me into cycling. Years Why? ago. How? So I first got into cycling back in Australia watching Wild, Wide World of Sports on a Saturday morning. And uh, they had this clip of Paris Roubaix. And I just remember seeing it was a, a wet Roubaix and there was just crashes. There was the colour of the jerseys. <laughs> it was the bikes. Yeah. And it just looked awesome. And so that's how I first got into cycling from Roubaix. Isn't it, it was, funny? It awesome. Isn't it funny like a wet Roubaix? I had the same image also not necessarily that one but watching a wet roubaix mm. thinking oh god yeah how cool, cool cool would that be but yeah i can tell you a couple of years ago we re <sighs> we reconned a wet roubaix and yeah. i got out of that recon and went holy shit if it does not dry up by sunday i am gonna be shitting bricks because it was yeah. so dangerous like i mean uncontrollably dangerous on there so yeah, yeah. Look, I say that as a spectator. A wet Roubaix is a, is a great Roubaix, but for the riders, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, the, f- the fear that comes with it. You can't control the bike. You literally can't control it. It's just I, I can't even yeah. imagine racing. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, next question. I had in the last one with Luke crosswinds or mountains. You can you can answer that question, or you can answer being a coach now. Hardest or favourite training session? And this could also be for a rider. He could say, you know what, I really love doing five-by-fives, but you might actually go, I really love setting five-by-fives. So the question is, what's the hardest or slash favourite training session you like to prescribe? Favourite training session? Jeez. Uh, Let me have a think. There's so many here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got so many going through my mind. I'm thinking about what you and I do and what my favourite ones are. Look, I, I like double days, to be honest. Um, there's so much to be gained from a double day. But trying to put that in place, and this is not to be critical of professional riders, but for me the ultimate training day is you wake up, do a hard ergo session. So wake up and have carbs, do a hard ergo session. No carbs after the ergo session through lunch and then do easy endurance the afternoon. Oh. And I actually tried to put that in place once. And, and the response was, hey, but we start training at 11 o'clock. How am I going to fit it all in? <laughs> and I was like, jeez. Like, well, maybe you could start training at nine, you know. <laughs> so so that, that would be my, my ultimate day. But uh, in terms of favourite sessions, I, I do love the sprint sessions. Being out there. I love being on the motorbike with the sprinters when they do their sprint sessions because it's just – it's just pure power and speed and it's, yeah, it's, it's good to watch, yeah. Oh, Fun. nice. I like that. And who specifically have you enjoyed doing the most on the motorbike sprinting? Uh, look, obviously Caleb Ewan's yeah. the example there. Um, look, he just – he trains so hard. I've, I've got nothing but great words to say about Caleb. He's, um, he works extremely hard, very professional um, 
and to, and to see him at full speed, uh, it's fantastic. Do you ride along next to him when he's sprinting, or you just sprint? He's sprinting in the behind the motorbike. Uh, different methods, but probably one of the the best sessions we did with Caleb was with his key lead out rider, uh, Roger Kluger, and I was behind them at one point, and they would go from a rolling, uh, very slow walking speed, and then I would. Uh, hit the, the horn on the scooter, I would accelerate past and they've got to be the person to jump on the back, almost like Kieran style out on the road. Mm. And because Caleb was so much faster than Roger, what I was doing in the end, I would watch for Caleb's pedal stroke until he was in that dead spot and mm. Roger wasn't. So I'd try and give Roger the advantage uh, to, <laughs> you know, to get to get the first pedal stroke just to make it a bit more even. But um, wow. yeah, just fun things like that. Yeah, Very specific. Um, yeah. Oh, I think you answered the next question, racing or training. Um, well, I don't know. What, what do you prefer? Like I, obviously you're more involved with the, with the training side of things. But what, what, just off the top of your head, racing or training? Training. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I, I think like, you have to race a lot, but I think you sometimes race too much and that's my job is to um allow for that and to and to monitor that and and we're training it around that but like we said uh we've spoken about before um yeah you guys have a, a big demand of racing on you uh and the the fresher you go into a race sometimes obviously the better you're going to race so for me training because you can control everything that way when we stop out on the road for a coffee stop what is your go-to snack when you stop with us out on the road? Or maybe actually when you go riding yourself? <laughs> well, when I'm, when I'm with you guys overseas, because I don't speak the language most of the time, I get you to order for me. Otherwise, I go without food <laughs> or I just point. Um, What's, have you, I, can I, you think of a doozy order that you've got some, that someone's ordered for you? Uh, just recently in Girona, I went somewhere... And there was these really good-looking, look like little donut ball things, you know, with the cinnamon sugar yeah. on the outside. They looked awesome. Uh, and we ordered a lot. We ordered like six. And it turns out they fill them with these special Easter treats and they're not a donut at all. They're quite heavy and they've got like aniseed taste through it, like licorice. Oh, yeah. They, they were awful. We bought a massive bag of them and that was a waste of money, that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you go riding yourself? Back in Australia, I don't, I don't ride long enough to warrant a stop. <laughs> All right. All right. Coffee. I know you're a coffee man. You're a big coffee man. You even go toe to toe with me with cups a day. What is Definitely. your What is your coffee go to? Are you a filter man? Are you a cappuccino man? What What's your coffee? Look, I've been through different stages. I do love coffee, as you say, uh, but for me. Cappuccino, uh, just wherever I go. Uh, although when I go to Europe, just the espresso because if you order a cappuccino in Spain or France, it's always very bad. You can't drink it really. It's just the caffeine you need. So if you go – when you're travelling, just go on espresso. You can't go too wrong really. But in Australia, just cappuccinos all day. And my last question for you, your favourite training route. And now this might be actually – a nice route that you've been on on the motorbike with us um, over in Europe or actually it could be just one of your favourite training routes that you know back in uh, Australia. What's your favourite training route? 
This is a big question because we've done so many camps around the world. Jeez. Um, look, I'll answer it in two ways. In Australia, uh, I live on the south coast of New South Wales, and there's some within an hour of where I live, there's six climbs of about 20 minutes in duration. So we're very fortunate to have lots of climbs around here. And there's one p- climb in particular where I look to my left and I see the ocean, uh, all the beaches, and to the right is, is more mountains and, and you know lush green fields and so on. So you can sort of see the best of the coast from this one point. So I do enjoy that one. What's the climb called? Uh, Campbellwara Mountain. Mm. Is it actually a nice climb or is it just the view? No, it's a nice climb as well, yeah. Nice climb. Nice. Yeah. But um, in terms of overseas... And I love I love Andorra. It's so it's nice up there. Um, yeah, we've done lots of obviously kilometres around there. Andorra, motor pacing and so on. And yeah, the climbs along the the, the scenery is great. It's it's very peaceful. Um, yeah, nice area up there. Beautiful, mate. Well, um, thanks for doing this little segment with me tonight. And um, we'll look forward to that next training block together. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. See you, Kev. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, talking Luft. A little insight to a different perspective out there on the road. Feel free to get in touch with me on Instagram and Twitter at Life in the Peloton and let me know what you think about these new little mini-series or even if you've got some ideas about my normal podcast, Life in the Peloton, some ideas, some guests, some questions, some mailbags, send it all in and uh, I'll filter through that. Plenty of time to do that at the moment. Make sure you also send in some pictures of your ultimate Luft. I think uh, people, uh, people have been sending in some photos the last week and it's been great to sort of see what they're thinking. Some people need to get some, a little bit more luft happening now, I reckon. So some, uh, some work needs to be done out there. So make sure you send me a picture of what you're doing, how you're wearing it. Maybe it's probably on the trainer at the moment, but um, send that in. I'd love to see, see what you've got out there. Stay tuned for the next episode, my regular episode coming on Thursday with On The Cycling Podcast, so make sure you go across there and check out Life in the Peloton. And until then, stay safe. I'm Mitch Docker.